Digby Scott, uh, thanks for joining me on the Leading Through Challenge show. What did we just talk about today? Well, we talked about leading people through challenge. Uh, and some of the ideas that I love kicking around with you was this idea of uh, learning to see and to be present um, before jumping and rushing to conclusions. It's about um, separating fact from fiction to be able to just put the rumors to the side and all the imaginative stuff and actually go, so what's real and what can we work with right now? What else did we talk about? We talked a lot about um, the importance of having a sense of purpose and having and cultivating others' sense of purpose as well. So give us more than just the day-to-day task, something that's meaningful. And one other thing that I remember we talked about was um, just gone out of my head. <laughs> we talked about so much stuff. What else did we, we cover? Now? We did. We talked about uh, building in uh, like a mindset of experimentation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just trying stuff out because now, you know, the 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 um the walls are cracking open uh, for us to go and play a bit more i reckon now's a great time to, to try new stuff digby scott welcome to the leading through challenge show how you doing it's mate? good to be here i'm 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 leading and leaning into it right now i'm, I'm yeah i'm enjoying life actually beautiful yeah. um who is digby scott in a nutshell Digby Scott is a uh, Australian who happens to choose to live in New Zealand, uh, and that's kind of hard right now because I don't get the choice to jump over the ditch and see my folks uh, or friends and family for the foreseeable future. I am someone who loves working at the intersection of what's known and what's unknown. So I guess you could say it's the liminal space they call it. I learned that word last year, liminal. And uh, I love helping people be at that edge of known and unknown. And that's exactly where I am finding myself. And I think the vast majority of us are finding ourselves right now. So I, in, you know, when I'm working, I'm running leadership programs and workshops and I'm running webinars and coaching, etc., all around finding that space and being effective at the edge of it. Mm. And so that's the is that the exciting thing that got you into working with leaders and, and into leadership at the start trying to find that space i think i've been, I've been working in this sort of leadership development arena for probably 20 something years and i guess it's always about i've always been asking the question myself and others and organizations like you know what's the edge of possible Right. And and I, I used to work in recruitment before I got into the leadership development space. And recruitment is about recruiting talent for your organisation to realise the possibility that this person has for you. And I think, to me, that continues. That the leadership development bit of that is actually let's really realise that for you um, as a leader, as someone who can unleash possibility and potential in others. Uh, and gosh, we need it right now. Is that a word? Goshly? Goshy? Goshly, we need it right now. <laughs> it is uh, now. <laughs> I'll, I'll check the dictionary afterwards, mate. Yeah, yeah, well, we can put it in the Urban Dictionary, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always fascinated me the realization of potential. Um, it sounds a bit twee to say it, um, but this idea of let's see how far we can take something. I'm really, I'm, I think it's an important question for entrepreneurs for leaders to be asking yeah yeah and i mean obviously that kind of that creates a whole lot of progress and a whole lot of different ways of doing things is the ability to to lean into what's possible or what what might even be possible 
I mean, in a situation like we're in at the moment, it's it's really really unique um, in this lockdown period, and like it's a it's a massive challenge for a whole lot of people. And in these challenging times, often I think it's quite easy to get overwhelmed with a, a lot of things and overwhelmed with yep. survival and just kind of get sucked back to, all right, what do I need to do to, to survive? But, and, and that's a really important thing. Obviously, we need to survive through this period first and foremost, but how do we start to think about what's, what's possible during this period of time and kind of maybe expand our viewpoints a little bit? That's, that's a good question. How do we start? I love the way you say, how do we start to think about it rather than how do we rush to an answer? Because uh, I think that's the first challenge is I ran a webinar this morning on leading in uncertainty and we were talking about the idea or the challenge of when, when uncertainty arises and challenge arises, we kind of rush to find something that's certain or known. And, you know, as a leader, it's often we're under, under the pressure to, to show that you have an answer for people. Here is the way. Here is the answer. This is what we're going to do. Follow me. And I think when we're facing the, the sort of unprecedented challenge and the, the ambiguity that's floating around right now, it's really easy to rush to an answer or to try and grab something. And I think, you know, the natural human condition is we like certainty. Neuroscience shows us that. Um, but I reckon the place to start, just to use your language, the place to start thinking about this is what I call learning to see. And what I mean by that is not to be too much in the future or the past. And the past is the good old days and the future is yet to happen. But to be in the present and just to see what is actually happening now. And to do that, you have to actually learn to be present. And to learn to be present, as we know from meditation and from yoga and anything like that, it's about learning actually first to breathe, just to notice your breathing just, and stop and stand and just go, here I am. You know, it's the old saying, be here now. And so I reckon as you start to become more present to what's going on now in your mind, your emotions, your body, I think your body is the instrument to start with. What is your body telling you? Then you can see more clearly what the reality is that's around you. You can start to sort of um, pass out you know, stories and um, rumours from fact and reality. And then you can be more choiceful. So to me, the starting point is to be present and is to, is to learn to see. It's to learn to see what is as opposed to kind of rush too far into the future or hark back to the good old days. A guy, uh, a colleague of mine, Nick Petrie, talks about you know, don't ruminate. And ruminating is thinking about the past or the future with negative emotions attached. And I think it's about, again, learning to be present um, and, and present without judgment as much as possible. Be Detached is not quite the right word, but to, to notice. It's a long answer to your question, though, man. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good one as well. And I think that um, that non-judgmental piece as well is, is really important in uh, situations like this because, I mean, there's, there's already a whole lot of stress on us um, in this environment that if you're, if you're taking in information and you're, and you're judging it, uh, then actually what that often does is it just ramps your stress levels up. Whereas right. you, if you can look at it as, hey, this is just a data point for me, this is, this is a piece of information coming in, and then I get to choose how I want to respond to it, yeah, 
Absolutely. I, I think that's right. It's, I remember when uh, I was, I can't remember how long it was, but like when Jacinda Ardern went, we're going to make everyone who's coming into New Zealand going to 14 days of isolation. That feels like years ago. It was probably only about yeah. three weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, I remember going, wow, this is exciting. Like, and I, was going, well, I probably shouldn't tell people that, <laughs> but <laughs> because other people are going to have a different response, right? They're going to have, a, oh, this is bad. Oh, man, that means that my brother or sister or mother or whatever, they come into New Zealand, they're going to have to self-fight. That's bad. Right? Or I'm going, this is good. Um, and so, yeah, just, just noticing my own thoughts. That actually, well, firstly, it's not about not having judgment. It's about noticing that you've got judgment. and mm-hmm. you go, Okay, is that going to serve me or not? I reckon that's the starting point. Hey, like learn to see. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's the only bit. I think there's more to around it than, than just stopping and being present. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that I've, I've noticed you kind of talking and writing about uh, a bit recently is having a sense of purpose through this, um, which is obviously great in terms of kind of creating hope for yourself and, and having hope to move towards. Why do, you, why do you think purpose is important during this time period, especially, or through any challenge? Well, it's a great question. I think purpose is something that we can make up for ourselves, so therefore we have complete control over it. And again, if we come back to the human need for certainty and control, it's something that we can control, right? We can invent a sense of purpose. So, um, and we can do that for ourselves, but we can also do it collectively. So leadership, you know, leading a group of people into the unknown, um, why don't we try and find a common purpose? Now, if you're in the COVID-19 response team for the government, the purpose is pretty clear, eh? And it's actually really galvanising. And it's sort of like, right, we're making a difference. We're going. We're ticking the boxes. But for others who aren't in that kind of adrenaline fueled world, um, I think a lot of the time this sense of meaning and purpose can be kind of like the, the rug has been pulled under from underneath you it's like huh so how do I spend my time now I've painted the fence and I've mown the lawn and done 10 loads of laundry you know um, what do I do and and humans have a deep desire to make meaning out of life uh, and as Victor Frankl wrote in his book Man's Search for Meaning you know this this is a, a core driver for us um, and Dan Pink more more recently wrote in his book Drive about the three intrinsic drivers of motivation are autonomy, mastery and purpose. So it's a key need. So if we couple that there's this key need that it's in our complete control, it kind of gives us a sense of settling but also direction. Um, Okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. My conversation with Alicia Mackay the other day, we finished by saying find meaning in every day. Find something that's meaningful to do in every day. Uh, and I think that's why it's important because just to exist is, is not particularly fulfilling, whereas to exist with purpose is, is way more meaningful. And I think you can get out of bed every day with a little bit more spring in your sleep. Yeah, yeah. And has your, has your purpose changed at all over this period of time compared to, say, what it was a month ago? I, think, I don't know if it's changed. I think certain elements are probably amplified. Um, I found myself, I feel like I've maybe I've always been in service, but right now it feels like the thing that I need to do every day is to serve with what I know, give, give people the opportunity to be in conversation like we are now, um, to make sense of stuff through some of the stuff that I think about. 
Um, and so all these webinars I've been offering over the last few weeks have been a way of, I guess, me amplifying that sense of purpose. Like, I want to help. And there's a clear need that I reckon I can help with. And I don't want to ram it down people's throats, but I'm here. And so if you want this stuff, come and I'll help you. And that's that's been incredibly fulfilling for me. I've, I've, in some ways, it's been over-amplified. I felt like I've been on adrenaline a bit the last few weeks. Um, and But on the other hand, it's galvanised me. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, I can, I can, I think I can help some people here. And so, the purpose hasn't changed. It's just been almost like the lens was maybe a little foggy before, and it's gone crystal clear. Mm. And you know, it's like, and looking for that. And I, and you know, I, re- I would encourage anyone to say, what, how can I make my days meaningful now through serving, um, serving others to help them through this tough time? And I think coming back to the original question about how do you lead in challenging times, I think to help others help others, to help others serve others and help them find a way to use their talents and their strengths and their, it doesn't have to be anything big, but just help others to help others in whatever they can do is, is really, really good leadership at the moment. Yeah. And I love the way that you frame that as well as that it's, it's so simple. And basically I think that, that is what it boils down to, just helping others, helping others. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's basically what every business or organisation is about, is helping others. And hey. the leader's job is to help the people to do that. Oh, there we go. There's our formula, Boom. right? I think, we're, <laughs> I think we're done, mate. I think we're done. <laughs> I like it. That's potent. Yeah. Um, one like one thing that I do want to talk to you about as well is uh, like this is a we've been forced into this this situation and um, I mean we've talked about kind of the need for survival the need for purpose as well but um, in in every challenge there's this massive opportunity as well um, but it's that opportunity isn't always clear for us and sometimes we need to experiment around hey what are some things that we could do to maybe go go after an opportunity or what are some things that we could do to maybe uh, unearth or kind of make clear an opportunity that we might not see at the moment? So how do we, how do we develop an experimental mindset and to, uh, to be able to, to see those opportunities? Man, your questions have got really good. <laughs> this last week. <laughs> um, I think the first step in that, if I was to, <laughs> I reckon it's actually to ask that question, what's the opportunity here? Um, I've noticed with the webinars I've been running that um, when I say what's your number one question about leading in uncertainty, often that is the answer. People saying, "How? Oh, what's the opportunity here? And I think it's being open for that to arrive as opposed to being trying to chase it down. I think... Um, it's about noticing and just having your radar on and then noticing, ah, oh, there's an opportunity, Ooh. as opposed to kind of going hunting with a backpack full of tools, right? So I think um, first thing is just ask the question, what's the opportunity, and then live your life. And probably the next thing is to go, oh, that looks interesting. Like what grabs your interest? And again, from a leadership lens, helping others, it's about helping others have this conversation too. What, what opportunities? Asking the question, what opportunities uh, do you reckon are here right now? What's grabbing your interest that you might want to experiment with? 
you kind of come in with that curious lens. Uh, and then I think with the actual experimentation, often people get stopped, don't, they don't experiment so much because um, it looks dangerous or it's going to break something or I might be seen to fail. And so I've kind of like this idea of having an MVE or minimum viable experiment. And some people call it the safe to fail, right? where it's like, what's the smallest little thing you could try? And again, if you're helping others, ask them that question, what's, the, what's one little thing you could try today that might just help you pursue that glimmer of an opportunity that you might be seeing? Right? So there's no real stakes. There's no real um, pressure to perform. It's just like, try it out and see. Because I think the more we have a sense that we're discovering something, uh, and we're learning something, the more we can get demotivated. Again, all the, the brain chemicals kick in. And it's like, oh, actually, a bit more of that. So I'm a, a, good, a good example of that is you know, the first webinar I ran was about three weeks ago. We had almost 100 people on it, and I'd never used Zoom's breakout rooms before. <laughs> and I, uh, it was like, holy crap, um, I'm going to try this out. And there was actually a bit of skin in the game, right? There was 100 people waiting mm. for a good webinar. But it worked and it was like, oh, cool, this is good. I'm going to do this again. And that fix I got from that. So, oh, I'm learning some stuff. I want to keep doing this. So, yeah, there's some tips. So, like, ask what's the opportunity here. Follow your interest and notice what excites you and intrigues you. And then try something that's going on. Mm. Yeah, and I, I really like the, the idea that you used of the kind of the, the MVE, the minimal viable experiment and, and the ability to have a loss on it because yeah. like there's massive amounts of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to work at the moment and it is about testing things out. And again, kind of same thing that we talked about before. It's, it's, uh, it's not viewing and, and judging yourself if you have a, a failure in parentheses in, in these times. It's actually, hey, here's a data point. This this opportunity that I thought was there, yeah, it's not so good. And I, and I reckon, I reckon the time. I think we're more tolerant of experiments now than perhaps we have been for a while in society because we have to try some stuff, right? And you think about remote working, right? It's a nice idea that some companies were sort of working trying. And then others were like, oh, no, no, we need to have a policy around this and we need to have it all down and approved. Like, actually, now we're all working from home. We've got to do stuff out, eh? <laughs> so uh, I think it's good to experiment now because I think there's the tolerance for, not failure, but the tolerance for things that don't work um, and, and the willingness to learn and share, I think, is, is higher. Yeah. Um, which is positive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Digby, I mean, this, this show is all about leadership, but, uh, do you have a time that you felt that you weren't a good leader? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm are you, are you, you open to, are you open to sharing? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man. That's a good little squeamish here. Um, there's probably a lot of times and it's probably more than I'm not aware of <laughs> as well. So if you think about the ones a more recent one was when I was working in an organisation here in Wellington and I was the director of the company, you know, I was part of the leadership team and I just did not feel at home in the organisation. I just felt like I couldn't be myself. I just, it, I, this friend of mine said, and I think we've talked about this before, I've, like I, 
like a horse in a paddock running around. The paddock's too small for me. I'm just kind of running around, running around, but not really being very effective. And I think that came through. I did a 360 when I was there, and that came through in the, in the results. It, you know, it's like great with people, but it doesn't really drive anything. Right? It's like, yeah. what a kick in the guts. And, <laughs> um, and it, I think what that was about was me playing it too safe. Um, not really wanting to rock the boat with my colleagues and not really feeling like I was doing meaningful work, to be honest, either. Um, and the first few years were great and then I sort of started to plateau. And I don't think I was a very good leader then. Um, I think it was opportunity lost um, to make a difference there. And again, I don't, I don't really dwell on that anymore, but I, I look back and I go, okay, yeah. Lesson learned, you know, um, surround yourself by people and work that is meaningful to you. Uh, and that then enabled me to, because when I, the first few years when I was there, um, you know, I was on fire, I had a mission, I was going hard, um, people were voluntarily wanting to work with me, not, you know, I didn't have to go out and recruit. Uh, so there was something going on, there was some magnetism that then I started to lose. And for the last couple of years, I think it flatlined. Um, as I lost my mojo. So I think having mojo, having a sense of purpose again um, and a certain sense of fulfilling work um, is, is core to me at least um, in being a good leader. Yeah. Thank you for sharing That's that, mate. interesting story. No worries. Thanks for yeah. asking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to see the themes come through as well, the sense of purpose and the sense yeah. of experimentation that you, that you lost in that, um, yep. just what we've been talking about. Um, Digby, what's influenced your thinking about leadership the most in the last year? Oh, man, that's a good question. Okay, I will share it with you. It's not pre-prepared. This is sitting on my desk right now. It's this book. I'm going okay. to write to Greg McCowan and go, I'm gonna, I want royalties, mate, because I've recommended <laughs> this book to so many people. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And it's really, I read it in... January, it rocked my world and continues to. Just this idea of focusing on just a few key things and having the courage to say no to everything else has been massive for my, not just my productivity, but my sense of um, momentum and sense, again, a sense of fulfillment. Um, I think I can, I'm having more of an impact and having more fun just by being courageous enough to say no the stuff mm. it doesn't matter and of course the hard bit is discerning what you say no to a lot of the time and there's another guy called gary keller who i listened to a podcast at his at the same time and he wrote a book i think it's called um the one thing mm. and he says he asks this question you know what's the one thing that you could do that if i just did that this week or today or this month that in the future everything else would become easier or unnecessary and it's kind of like the lead domino. If I push that one domino, all the others fall. So what is that thing to double down on? So it's not really about people leadership per se, or, but it is about, I think, that, that disciplined thinking of just being strategic about what matters most. And, of course, that's not an easy question to answer. No, yeah. no. It's a nice question to pose, though. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. and I mean, take, take going on from that, like what is the, what is the thing that leaders should be doing right now? Leaning in. Um, now is the time to lead. Um, and I wrote a blog about it, which you might want to link into the, the show notes with yeah. this um, from three, four weeks ago. And one of the things uh, was like double down on human connection. There's always work to do, but there's always people to look after. And I think to double down on the human connection because our fundamental need as humans is to have a sense of belonging, a sense of connection. And if that's sorted, then we can get on with the work. The other thing leaders should do is um, sort fact from fiction. Right? So at the moment, you know, when we're disconnected and we're working remotely, um, because we don't have real-time information and we don't have all the, the information, rumours and myths and stories and what's going on can all be abounding. And I think our role is to focus on what's real and to focus on keeping people grounded in uh, not just facts from a data point of view, but just helping people kind of stop and get present and going, what's actually really going on? Again, coming back to learning to see. So they would be two things, I'd say. Fantastic. Digby Scott, thanks so much for joining me today. Chris, mate, always a pleasure and looking forward to the next conversation. I always have a blast having a chat with, uh, with Digby Scott. He's got some amazing viewpoints. And that was the Leading Through Challenge show. Uh, what I'd love you to do now is I would love you to share this with one person that you think would benefit from it. Uh, I'd also love you to subscribe on wherever you watch this or listen to it, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Spotify. Hit subscribe, leave a rating and a review. I really want to get these conversations out to as many people as possible because I think they're going to be really beneficial in this time. Uh, and one way to do that is to uh, ask for your guys' help and have you rate, comment, subscribe because that just ends up making this more visible. Thanks for joining me today and we'll see you again soon.